Hey, Mike. Hey, Kyle. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. You, you feeling better? Um, yeah, for the most part. Just uh, this uh, this cold cold weather is really messing with my uh, sinuses. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, did, but... I finally got over my cough. Yeah. Took forever. Yeah, it usually does. <clears throat> yeah. And then last week we had cheap tricks, so. Oh yeah, how was that? That was good. Um, they're almost. I think three of them are original. The the singer, oh, cool. the guy with the guitar. You know, the guy that plays the, the multiple guitars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other guitarist, there's another one. Or I don't know if he's the bass player. I think he might be the bass player. I think the drummer was new, and then his son played with him. The the, the, the lead singer's son. Yeah, that's he op- cool. He opened for them. I, I, I didn't really like his music, though. He did, like, acoustic, and uh, then he did piano. And it wasn't, like, in the style of... I don't know, like his father. Like I didn't even know it was his. <laughs> Until later on, I realized that's that's his son. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But it, they they rocked out, man. They were very loud. Like I don't. We, we've been to that facility. I don't know, maybe five times, and they were definitely the loudest because my ears were like ringing into the next day. Mhm. Yeah. I don't know if they played loud to mask their age. I don't know, but they played loud guitar. Like they, it was amplified like really high. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's just uh, that's just what those bands do. I think they just like yeah. <laughs> they they probably can't hear anymore. So <laughs> that's that's true. I mean, that that guitarist is seventy three, and uh, wow. the. The lead singer is 70, so. That's, yeah, that's insane. I mean, it's pretty incredible there. Get, there was one time where he says, I'm going to bring my son to sing the next song because he's, <laughs> yo- he's younger and he can take this altitude because Colorado <laughs> has high altitude as it is. His so a lot of them get winded. His son's probably what, 50? <laughs> uh, if he's 70, his son's got to be that, but... <laughs> I, I I had like these little binoculars because we were sitting in the balcony. His mm-hmm. son did look young, but I couldn't tell because he was always wearing hats, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like in glasses, and they were masking his his face. Uh, with Barb's phone, she was able to zoom in on the lead singer, and he he looks young. Like you can go Google him now, and for being seventy he's got pretty long hair and it's not gray. And <laughs> I don't know oh. if he, tr- how he treats it or what, but he doesn't look 70. The, the, the guitarist doesn't look 70, but he moves like he's in his seventies because he, he was having trouble, even though the one thing with the guitarist is he would, uh, for every song, he would go out and get a different guitar like yeah. every song and he'd have like the five guitars, like <laughs> the one that is like all melded in five guitars. Like that's just gotta be for show. Right. I mean, you can only play one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, yeah. The, uh, the only other, like the they have switches pe- and pe- pedals for that stuff now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the the only practical like use I could think of for something like that is if you wanted to have different tunings on the different necks. Um, so then you could easily jump back and forth. But don't they uh, have like turn knobs that will do that now um, on the electric guitar? Yeah, but like so if you um, – so if you wanted to get like a completely different sound, you could, um, you can tune the guitar to different, um, uh, different keys, different 
you know, pitches for the strings. Um, you can't really do it like quickly. Yeah. Uh, but so like that would be a good way to jump back and forth without having to retune your guitar. I'm amazed um, that he can hold that thing at 73. Oh yeah. That's gotta be fucking heavy. Like he has the, he had one that had two of them on there. Yeah. And then he had a guitar that looked like it had the Beatles on there. It was hard to tell. Um, hmm. And then he had a five neck one and I'm like, God dang, that's got to be like. Yeah, really... that would be. Yeah, yeah. that would be. He's crazy. the only. He's the only guitar player I know that did it. Is there any others that did like the multi neck guitar? Um, there's quite a few that have done the multi, like the two, two, like two, yeah. two neck, but um, not a five neck. <laughs> no, I've seen it. I've seen it a couple times, but also like, oh yeah, I'm I'm looking at his his picture now yeah. yeah so the so the top one the top one is actually a 12 string yeah so it's got 12 strings on it instead of six so it it's going to give almost more like an acoustic sound with the electric guitar yeah um but then i yeah i can't really tell what's going on with the other necks but um it one actually one looks like it's uh one looks like it might be fretless. Um, I can't tell, but yeah. So he, he probably just gets different sounds from. The and I, I just remember from like the MTV days, like he would always have. Yeah. That multi-neck guitar, but he was the only one I knew that ever did it. Yeah. Yeah. And so seen... like I was, I was, I knew he was gonna do it in here. But like when I was watching him play, he never switched necks. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So yeah. like it so, was like totally for show at, at this point. Yeah, that it. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And he was throwing out like guitar uh, picks like crazy. Like people in the audience were. It was it was more of a lively crowd than all the other. Like I saw Three Dog Night and s some other bands there. Even Third Eye Blind, which is a much younger band, mm -hmm. and the crowd was was really lively for this. Like it wasn't old as, as old as the Three Dog Night group, yeah. but you got to think, you know, Three Dog Night was six in the '60s, like '60s yeah. to, <laughs> to '70s when they were hot, and yeah. then Cheap Chick was '70s to '80s when they were hot, you know? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Cheap Trick was, was aimed at a younger audience. Yeah, so they were much younger, but, you know, there there was a lot of people on the floor standing, which is very unusual for that venue because hmm. there's seats for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be able to do that at 70. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It amazes me that, I mean, Three Dog Night, they were like 76 and 78. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ. To mm -hmm. to play for an hour and a half, that, I, I just yeah, don't yeah. know. Like, the, you have uh, to be at a, I, I, I do want to look up his son now that you were saying he's got to be in his 50s if he's 70. So, uh it yeah, would be was... interesting because he he sounded young, like his voice sounded really like young, like thirties. Huh. So I'm I'm real curious to see. Xander is his last name, so have to see what his age is. Jeez, I'm I, so I just just out of curiosity, I, I looked up. Uh... Mick Jagger, because I was curious about the Rolling Stones. Uh, yeah. Mick, Mick Jagger's 80 now. <laughs> oh, my God. Keith yeah. Richards is probably there, too. Oh, yeah. I'm but, amazed that Keith Richards is alive, like, because of the I, way he drinks and does drugs. I just... I know. I just, I'm like, amazed. how did how did he live that long? Like, <laughs> I'm amazed any of those guys are still alive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's true, because you know they partied hard.
Well, yeah, well, yeah. Maybe. And when when they were rock stars, there were rock stars. Like it's it seems like it's harder to be like a a rock star anymore with the way things have gone digital. But yeah. they still there's still bands that sell out stadiums, but it's mostly like Taylor Swift and a lot of the pop people that are doing that. Yeah, you don't have you don't really have record sales anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's like digital downloads. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can get albums, but. Right, yeah. You can't drive around in a car with a record player. Yeah. <laughs> it amazes me, though, that records sound better than anything else still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's weird. Because you think, like, technically the digital thing would be... I think part of it is... I think part of it, I think, is nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, because it's, like, the way you remember it sounding, you know? Right. Well, we got we got some books to cover. Um, they're not real fresh in my head, but uh, <laughs> I don't remember which Peacemaker issues we recovering because i read the whole thing uh but, three uh, three and four three and four yeah and uh we are covering firestorm from the 70s which is volume one number one through three and then batman like the chip sardowski run up until i think the bat and cat were yeah. on gotham yeah and I did, I did get caught up in Peacemaker, like because I, I wanted to finish it, and then I, I did get caught up in in Batman and read through Bat and Cat War, because I was really I was really liking Chip Sardowski, and then I went and started reading his Daredevil run, and I thought his Daredevil run was way better than the Batman run, so like I was. <laughs> The Batman read said, "Oh, go read Daredevil," and then I read Daredevil, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. And, and he had like a he has like a similar idea, I think, for both characters because Batman he's like sort of deconstructing him, like with that Zen or law or whatever the heck is. Yeah. Is. Like, yeah. Zer Zer and R. Yeah, Zer and R. Yeah, he's. He's sort of losing his shit, like. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, he he la- he lands in the the Gotham that doesn't have a a Batman or a Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but um, an Alfred, which was interesting. Yeah, an Alfred that lost his, his Bruce. I know, and I I thought for sure, I thought for sure, this is how they bring back Alfred. Like yeah. I, I, I was as soon as that happened, I'm like, I he's gonna too. take him back to Earth with his Earth, right? That's that's what I said. <laughs> like I, this is how yeah. Alfred's coming back. Yeah. It's not the same Alfred, but it's a different one. <laughs> right, it's Anne Alfred. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> but he did the same thing with Daredevil because. With Batman, he did it like with failsafe, right? He made it. He he said if Batman ever kills anybody, I've built this identity in myself, and then also failsafe to hunt me down, to yeah. take me out. And in Daredevil, he basically stopped being Daredevil because he murdered. He. Well, I don't think he really murdered anybody. I, I think it had to do with Kingpin or, or like somebody sort of set him up to look like he murdered somebody because he can detect heart rates and everything. You know, Daredevil knows yeah, like yeah. all the pressure points in the body and what he can tweak and what he can hit. Mm-hmm. And but he believes he killed somebody. So it's like both of the characters are going through this rigmarole because they killed somebody and i found it very interesting to put the books together and see how they they clicked you know yeah yeah that's uh 
that's a really good uh, comparison that I I did I wouldn't have uh, thought of that, but yeah, it's the uh, it's very the characters are very similar. Mm-hmm. Like their moral code. Um, but yeah, and and the the thing that I love too, it, it's almost like the. You know, it's almost like the JLA thing where he's got the he's got the the weak the weakness of every Justice League member, um, but he in this he creates this AI that's so good that it knows every move that that Bruce would make. Yeah, and it also is able to learn and. Um, basically predict what Batman's going to do before he even does it. Yep, and that's what it does. It hunts him down because it thinks that he killed Penguin. Mm-hmm. Well, his other identity, it, it's weird because it's like a Jekyll and Hyde to me. Like, I don't think he's in Batman mode sometimes. I think he's in that other mode. He yeah. created that identity to protect himself. But right. I, I think it's more harmful than it is good. <laughs> yeah, because now he's uh, now he's um, he's seeing this uh, he's seeing that uh, skeleton character. He's like hallucinating. Yep. Um, so it's almost like that's another um, part of his consciousness that's trying to communicate with him. But it's weird a weird tale because it's like a Batman throughout the multiverse type story. Yeah, yeah, that was cool cuz um <laughs> the failsafe like shoots Batman with um uh it was one of Toy Man's uh guns and uh failsafe had like calibrated it and it it uh started sending Batman to all these different universes. Yep. And, and Tim was trying to, Tim was working with Mr. Terrific, right? And he was trying to follow him throughout the multiverse and bring him back. Well, and it, it, it looked like failsafe had killed Bruce but Tim was convinced that he didn't and that he just sent him somewhere. And that's so, when he got Mr. Terrific's help. Yeah, so nobody else was even like trying to find Bruce. Yeah. But I love the uh I love this other Gotham. Uh it's really cool with this um this Harvey Dent. Yeah. That uh, is this judge. And then the. Um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Red. Red something. Um, oh, the red, the red Hood guy? Yeah. He's got the red mask. The red uh, mask. Yeah. In fact, that, that might be his name, Red Mask. Yeah. Uh, I think it is because it's like the red hood, but it's red mask. Right. Yeah. That guy was cool too. Um, and that, Tim's, that, that Tim's was sort story. of like that Gotham was going to get destroyed, right? Like it was, it was a, a thing where all the poor were going to die. And then all the rich went up to the tower to be saved. And then Alfred like got a, a thing of consciousness and decided to go save people. Yeah. Cause he was up in the tower. Well, yeah. And, and Leslie Tompkins who was like married to Alfred or, or at least dating Alfred. Um, she was working in the, the city trying to help people. Mm-hmm. And Alfred was locked in the tower. <laughs> yeah. He was not a good Alfred until like the very end. And then he was like, like the regular Alfred. And I was like, for sure, this is going to be, I still think it might be like, I, I, I still think something might happen because 
I, I know you didn't read further, but the Bat Cat stuff yeah. has has that Zenner R or whatever his name is. I can never uh-huh. remember his name. But he he's in it. He's like a driving force to Bruce's subconscious. Mm-hmm. And and it's he it's making him like a whack job in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. why he's kinda going to war because he's not he's not totally thinking right. Yeah. Yeah, he uh um yeah, he, he comes across Selena in this other Gotham too, and he he's like, you know, obviously really he's drawn to, to her. He's drawn um, to her and he's trying to convert her to his yeah, Selena. Yeah, but he still like has to remind himself that she's not his Selena. Yeah. And um Oh, I thought the uh the Joker the Joker thing was cool too. He was the um he was like the the CEO of that of Wayne the, Enterprises, wasn't it? Um I don't think it was Wayne. I think it was I think it's another company here. Um I thought it was Wayne. Because uh, Wayne his died. Is, his name is Halliday. Oh, it's like a pharmaceutical company. Um, uh, I, th- I thought yes. this. I thought this Joker lost his shit when, when Bruce Wayne died or Batman. I think he did. Um, yeah, and then he, he went did. into he went into the workforce like just a weird thing. Um, yeah, cause I think at the end of this, uh, um, cause what was how ha- I can't remember what Halliday was trying to do. Um, I can't either, but he was doing something with the gas. Yeah. Uh, well, I think he had something to do with releasing the gas that was going to kill all the the people and that's why people were going to the tower weren't they right but he was trying he's trying to um ultimately halliday's trying to like connect himself with the joker from like oh that's right from bruce like from bruce like from all the holiday wants to be like bruce's joker like he wants to be that identity and he wants to experience like what what the Joker went through to make him the Joker. Yeah, yeah, I forgot uh, about that. That was a very interesting piece. Yeah, because um, he's got because Bruce had found like multiversal like energy around Halliday, and then realized that he was like playing with the the multiverse as well. Yeah. I love. I absolutely love the suit that that Bruce makes for himself in this new Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like a you know like a poor man's version of of, of Batman. Batman suit. Um, and then when he's doing like the <coughs> the universe hopping, he gets the belt from. Uh, um, he gets the belt from uh, Adam West, mm-hmm. or, or not Adam West, um, Keaton. He gets the belt from Keaton Batman. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good uh, arc. I really liked it. It started with the fail-safe stuff, hunting him down, and and then ended up in the multiverse, and then came back to the the Catwoman essentially stuff. You, um, you know what else I like too is um, when he, I don't know if you noticed, but when he comes back with Tim, uh, he's got his blue suit. Oh, and he lost a hand. That's another thing. Yeah. He, he's got a star Wars hand now. Yeah. Uh, like, like Luke Skywalker. 
it was uh was it was the um uh Dark Knight Returns Batman that like grew his hand back, right? Or or got a prosthetic hand or right. Cuz as he was going through all the different Batmans, <laughs> he ran yeah. into the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Yeah. <laughs> the vampire I, Batman I think was in a scene. But I love I love that um the Dark Knight Returns Batman like immediately recognized him and immediately knew like that it was him. Yeah. Because he had seen <laughs> he had already been through everything and seen everything, so he 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 recognized it. Yeah, I was glad you picked it. <laughs> Marshall through about 13 issues to get yeah. caught up. And then I, I read forward, which got me into uh, the bat cat war on Gotham. And that crosses over into a bunch of other series and Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it, it was a, it was a, like a real easy, um, real easy read too like it, it it just flowed nicely and and like i when i read these the first time i just flew through them right and the penguin died in one of the backstories like it, it sort of set him up he died but he didn't die he basically pretended he died and that's why failsafe came through because he thought he murdered somebody that yeah Bruce actually murdered somebody whereas Penguin I there is a, a scene in I think this series where Peng, Catwoman goes to Penguin isn't there or am I thinking of something that happens later um might be later it might I'm be in the Catwoman sure. series well and there's been a lot of uh I feel like there's been a lot that I've read um recently in batman where i i feel like i remember her doing that because she but, knew that penguin was she found out that penguin is alive she thought penguin was dead and then she found out he wasn't and then she didn't really go after him and she eventually tells bruce he's alive and he's, he's like what <laughs> yeah And I think that it sets up for the Penguin series, I think. I haven't started reading it yet, but I want to. Yeah, I that I was looking at that earlier. That looks like I'm sure that'll be really good. Yeah, I wanted to pick that for my book, Penguin Zero and Penguin One and Two if if two's out. I don't know if two is out, but it it might be I, by the I time we read it. it. I think yeah. it is. Uh yeah, I, I thought that looked really good. That's my choice for the new okay. stuff is Penguin. Cool. Because I think it's a good extension from this one. Yeah, yeah. So for it's sure. Penguin Zero, One, and Two. If Two is available, read that. If not, just Zero and One. Okay. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, Tom King will write a really good Penguin. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know if you've read his Wonder Woman. That was very interesting. No, I haven't. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I found it interesting in this series. Like, not I. I, I skipped the tin, the the tin, the Tinian one, because I, I there was no way I was going to be able to catch up that far back. Oh, but yeah. I, uh, I was a little perplexed that Tim seemed to be the Robin that was hanging out with Bruce more than Damien. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's because the Batman Robin war, they kind of separated. Yeah. And then, so, so Tim came back and was going to be Robin. Um, and Damien kind of stuck to his own thing, but now there's the Batman Robin series. And I think it is Damien. 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like I think it was it was after the Batman Robin War stuff where they kind of took a break from each other. Mm-hmm. But then there was like uh, um, I'm I'm trying to think. Maybe I'm think I maybe I'm thinking of the Batman Robin War, but um. Wasn't there a like an arc where Damien was like investigating Bruce for something? I think so. Um, and then I feel like Damien was like Damien was like brainwashed or something. I gotta go back and read that. I don't yeah. remember it. Yeah, I, I can't remember what that. I remember about, reading but... all of Robin, but I don't know if I read. Cause, Cause, there was the um, Deathstroke, Robin Island stuff, and I read all of that because right. that had that had all of uh, that had Damien's grandmother in it in the Lazarus right. Pit, but yeah. I don't think I read through Wade's Batman versus Robin. I don't think I did. Oh, which, which came what, out of it. That's what it was. It was uh, it was in Mark Wade's series that yeah. I'm thinking. It's the world's finest, yeah. I don't think I read that. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I, I recently uh, started catching back up in that. Mm. Yeah, and that's got that's got. Um, it, it's very heavily uh, focused on Damien for a couple issues. So um. Let's, so let's but, switch. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say it. It. Uh, it's cool that they're they're coming back out with uh, another Batman and Robin series. Yeah, because Damien's uh, coming back. So well, he cool. he is Robin again because the Catwoman. Yeah, Bruce. I mean, the Catwoman Batman thing where they separate sides. Guess where Damien goes on Bruce's side, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> the the Selena thing is interesting though because they've been planning that in Catwoman for a while and uh I I don't know if you know the general premise and but I I could say it at a high level without spoiling anything but Catwoman think Catwoman believes that she, by converting all of the henchmen to rob the rich and stay focused on the rich that she can clean up Gotham and crime will go down mm-hmm. and it does go down like statistically. So like all of the bat families confused, like what the fuck, <laughs> you know, like crime rate has gone down wicked and they're just robbing the, the asshole rich anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it, 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 it's a weird, and Batman is more like, well, crimes, a crimes, a crime, you know, I don't care. I'm going to stop it no matter what it is. Right, and that's that's the rift of, or the premise of the Bat Cat War. Yeah, it's because most of the rich in Gotham are funding the crime. Yeah, that, that's true, and and you 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 kind of get a perspective, at least from the Catwoman book, that these people aren't good. Like you know, they're yeah, the, the people they're targeting are not good, and the, the reason it's getting rid of crime is because the henchmen are working for Catwoman and she's training them to become these like really good thieves. And they were just henchmen before that worked for Joker and Penguin and all these yeah. different, you know, Two-Face and Riddler. And, and now they have jobs where they're appreciated. So it's, it's weird because they're like, we're not just henchmen anymore and our lives are being treated like, you know, we have a job with benefits. Like, in they're a union, being, yeah, we're we. They're actually being taught skills too. Right, right. They're taught skills, and they're not. They don't feel like their lives are in danger with Catwoman. Whereas when they're working with Joker, it's like, <laughs> if I do anything wrong, I'm dead. You know, like if I say the or, wrong thing or laugh at the wrong joke, I'm a dead man. Or even if you don't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the other book we we read was Peacemaker Tries Hard. 
three and four. Um, you'll have to refresh me where you ended up so I don't go farther because I read the whole thing. Yeah, let me uh, let me find. Okay, there's issue three. Um, yeah, I don't think I. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any notes on this, so I'll have to just. Uh, I'll have to get caught up like you. Well, if you tell if you tell me though what happened in four, I won't go further. Do you see oh, what I'm and, saying? At, at the and, end of four, this is where it ended up. Then, the then I won't go. I, I can build up to it, yeah, and I won't spoil the rest of it for you. Yeah. So at the end of four was the. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> at the end of four is the uh, is Deathstroke, and uh, so. The Red Bee and Peacemaker are tracking down um, Brain. They're trying to find Brain's the Brain's base because he stole the pubic hair that can <laughs> can replicate Deathstroke, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Mala uh, already shot him in the back in issue two, right? Or was that three? Right. Yeah, that was two. Uh, and then. Three, I think, is where we get introduced to the red bee, I think, right? Right, and all his bees, because he has the one bee that's, like, in his belt, and he doesn't really control <laughs> the other bees, but that other bee is, like, the one that he can control and do things with. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Like, Michael or something? <laughs> yeah, and the red, the red bee is... Um, is a golden age character, but in this one he's he's his officer that's his probation officer that makes yeah, sure a... he doesn't like stray away from the city or leave anywhere that he's not supposed to be. So yeah. it gives a lot of the Red B backstory, and he he convinces the the Red B to help him on this quest. Um, and there's that scene at the bar too, I, I think where he goes to, to meet the three guys at the bar and, uh, I can't remember exactly what happens there except the, uh, the demolition gang shows up and they wreck the bar and they hospitalize like two of the guys that were peacemakers that peacemaker was talking to at the bar. Yeah. The, they show up because they're, they're pissed off because they had 63 days without a work site incident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they start a fight in the, in, in the bar and, uh, peacemaker just destroys them. Uh, and then, um, yeah, the probation officer is ready to take him back to Belrive and, uh, because he crossed state lines and violated his parole. Um, but then when he hears that Peacemaker's dog got um, taken away and he's trying to get his dog back, he decides to help. <laughs> The dog is named Bruce Wayne, too. Yeah, it, yeah, it's funny because he... Um, when Wally's talking to Waller that time. Yeah, Waller. <laughs> <laughs> thinks it's really Bruce Wayne that's kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> and she just hangs up on him. Because <laughs> she, she starts to send the Suicide Squad out to help him. Yeah. And uh, then she finds out it's his dog, and she hangs up on him. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, and then they um, they find uh, General Immortus eating lunch at that diner. Oh yeah, I forgot about that because and... they they invaded Immortus's. That's where they got the Deathstroke thing from, right? The pubic right. hair. Yeah, because he was, uh, yeah, he was helping. 
uh, <coughs> brain. Um, yeah, and then uh, Red Bee's eating uh, eating his green beans off of his plate. <laughs> <laughs> Waller's about to blow up the bomb in his head. <laughs> she came, came close. Yeah. I think she finds him, though, like, very useful. Oh, yeah. Because he, he, he's so easy to manipulate. To He'll to... he'll do whatever she says. And yeah. He'll, he'll do, like, the stupid, the stupid missions. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love the the red bee keeps making bee jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I liked the red bee. I thought he was uh he's hilarious in this book. Yeah. yeah. Uh let's see. Um But that's the other. The rest of the story is pretty, pretty doggone good too. I, I liked it. <clears throat> yeah, and oh yeah, and then they run in. They they uh, they're in the Amazon, right? Or um, and then they get they get captured. Um, they get captured by these like uh drug dealers in uh in like South America or something and then this uh snowflame guy shows up the cocaine powered supervillain smuggler <laughs> <laughs> Yeah and so they fight with him a little bit um and then they get one of the local kids to show them where the brain's base is, and um, Deathstroke is waiting there. At least uh, Deathstroke they made from the the pubic hair, I guess. <laughs> well, I think what Brain wants to do is transfer his body into an ultimate soldier, which is Deathstroke's body. Yeah, he wanted to... Um, yeah, didn't... Did he did he want to use Peacemaker's body at some point, or was it just was it always Deathstroke? Um, I thought they were using. I think it was Deathstrokes or something early on. It was Deathstroke's body. Well, I, no, initially I think he was going to take Peacemaker. That's what but, I thought. But then he sent Peacemaker on. I think they made a joke out of it. Like, why would I want to get in your body? You're an idiot. You know? Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go yeah. into, uh, I want you to get Deathstroke's DNA and we'll clone it and, and then I'll transfer into his body. Yeah, that's right. So it was highly entertaining. I I think that Kyle Starks nails the, uh, what they've established from the film and the the TV show for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, the last book we covered was Firestorm, the the original series, which was one and one through three. And a lot happens in these issues. You mm-hmm. get the origin of firestorm like how how it all happened and then you get the uh, sort of i I find it interesting because they make like two villains um they you know the professor has his own villain who becomes multiplex Mm -hmm. and then carmichael is a villain to ronnie it's weird because it's like ronnie's a jock and he's being yeah. bullied by a brain. Yeah. It's like it's like the opposite of what yeah. usually happens. 
Yeah. But he messes with him bad. Like, he gets all flustered, and every time Carmichael is teasing him or anything. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, Ronnie Ronnie beats him at sports, and then Carmichael's able to, like... Make him look make, like an idiot. Yeah, make him look like an idiot. And, it, yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but then... Uh, and then uh, the professor's villain is sort of like a guy that wanted to steal, to steal his, his technology. His, yeah, trying to steal his uh, research. Into radiation and nuclear power plants. And he's trying <laughs> he's trying to show that this is a safe technology when there are protesters that invade the facility and cause the accident to happen... And Ronnie at the at the time is like, I'm gonna go protest this because the girl the girl that likes him would would be impressed if she sees him protesting this <laughs> nuclear power plant. So he goes down there, and then that accident happens because of the protesters sort of invading the plant and then going after the next plant. They were gonna go attack another plant, and uh, that's when the accident happens and merges their bodies the interesting thing is when the merge happened the professor was passed out and ronnie wasn't so when they merge the professor doesn't remember anything like he doesn't remember when they're merged and ronnie does like ronnie retains everything because he was awake during the merge Mm -hmm. and that's pretty fascinating because you find out later on when they merge the professor's like what the hell is he doing? Like, I mean, I have work to do and he's all of a sudden I'm, I'm being teleported over here because Ronnie merged us. And then he doesn't remember why he's in the location that he's in. (laughs) So it's really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and Ronnie has like, when they're merged, Ronnie has access to the professor's knowledge too. Yeah, because the professor, during the merge, even though he was knocked out, he contributes to the the Firestorm entity, but only through thoughts. Like, he's he's there and he's conscious. It's just that when they, they, they separate, he doesn't remember him as Firestorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Ronnie's kind of a jerk. The, the other thing that's interesting is Ronnie has, like, the Corsican twin thing go, going on because is the professor's getting beat up or if he's ex- feeling extreme pain or something, Ronnie fills it. And yeah. then he can, he merges to become Firestorm because he's like, something's happening oh. to the professor. Yeah. Or even if the, um, professor like thinks about merging, I think they'll, they'll merge. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a it's such a cool uh, premise, um, and you know, being being written by uh, Jerry Conway, it's it's like the you can you can tell he was like, um, you know, after writing Spider Man, he's kind of um, thinking along the same lines, but he like flips flips the Spider Man formula around you know yeah and then because the like i can't remember what his name is danton or uh, danton danton black danton black was in that same facility he becomes the multiplex but -hmm. it looks like he can only do two two people at the time whereas later later on i think Danton Black becomes Carmichael. Like I, I don't know how that happens, but I, I don't think that Danton Black retains the, the, the identity of Multiplex. Oh, so you think Cliff Carmichael becomes Multiplex? Yeah, let me, let me see. DC. Yeah, I know I he becomes somebody. I don't remember that. Multiplex. 
I just want the wiki page. Wikipedia. Oh, that's really multiplexer. Whereas Danton Black, I wonder if there's another multiplex. I know he's like listed as multiplex Danton Black 1, like the very first one. Yeah. And I don't know if there's another one after him, but Yeah, there there probably there probably is. But anyway, he becomes multiplex and fights him in issue two. And then in issue three is the Killer Frost, which is fascinating in itself because Killer Frost's other identity is in love with Professor Stein. And she's probably, I don't know, 20 years younger than him. So she invites him up to help with her experiment in developing this coal technology like it it's like in a vault where it's like becomes absolute zero and then yeah. she gets trapped in there later on and becomes killer frost but she she only becomes trapped in there because professor stein she's she's trying to prove herself as a scientist among men essentially yeah. and then all the other professors that are there just conglomerate to, to Stein and want to take credit when she's the one behind all the brains and she's the one that brought Stein there, but the other pe- the other scientists are not giving her any credit for anything. And she's like, Hey, I did this and I'm the one that brought you down here because we need your help. And she shows affection towards him. And he's like, Whoa, Whoa, you're a student of mine. You know, like, can't have this going on and and walks away and then she gets frustrated gets locked in her own experiment and becomes killer frost and yeah she she was like going through some like stuff like some personal stuff like she like she was it was almost like she was like um uh, like she kind of idolized Professor Stein, and she, um, she's got all this like conflict going on, like in her head, and she kind of takes it out <coughs> on, on Professor Stein. Like she gets a little, little crazy there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess Dan- Danton Black does maintain the multiplex identity. <laughs> So it is still Danton Black. I lo- <laughs> I love all the uh, the panels um, of Cliff Carmichael when Ronnie's like doing something good, like in sports, mm-hmm. uh, like playing basketball. You see like Cliff's face, like he's mad watching Doreen. <laughs> But the thing, like, the thing I don't get, like, he likes Doreen, but he, like, he make, he kind of bullies Doreen also, you know? Who, Carmichael? Yeah. Well, he's he's bullying her, but he does it because he, he, she likes Ronnie, and, he, and she does. Right. Like, she, she wants Ronnie. She doesn't want him. Yeah. So he he's angry at that. But Ronnie doesn't even realize that she's right in front of him, you know, and wants to be with him. Like, he, he's naive to it. Yeah. Yeah, Ronnie's too, um, Ronnie's too paranoid about, like, making her like him when she already does. Yeah. Um, he, could yeah already ha- he could already have her. Oh, and yeah. it's right yeah. there in front of, it's right there in front of him, but he's so... So Discombob- about- discombobulated because of Carmichael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like forget about Carmichael. You've already got her. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to worry about anything. He does that in issue one. He does something where he like messes himself up in front of her because he's worried about him. Right. 
But yeah, then when he's playing basketball, he starts getting cold because Killer Frost is uh, trying to kiss Professor Stein, and and so Ronnie starts to like he has to run off the court because he's about to merge. And then when he gets there initially, he's like, I'm going to bring on the heat because she's ice. So I'm going to melt her. And it's like, that doesn't work because she absorbs heat and becomes more powerful. Yeah. So they really need to make her cold. Yeah. And the nice thing is he can do anything with any, um, uh, Anything with uh, pretty much any, like, element. That's non-organic. Yeah. So he doesn't have to just um, be constrained with heat. Yeah, I enjoyed this so much that one of my choices for the old book is just to do three and or four and five. Because okay. I just want to finish reading it. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, I thought I'd the... pick something from Giffen because Giffen oh, yeah. passed away. Yeah, I thought that was um, I thought that was interesting timing with the, all the Blue Beetle stuff too. You know. Yeah. I wonder if they let him go to the premiere because he kind of created that Blue Beetle. Yeah. The Jaime Blue Beetle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, hopefully they They did should something. have rolled him out on the red carpet for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, you, so you're picking Firestorm 4 and 5. Um, one of, one of my books is going to be, um, Superboy and the Legion, uh, two, 250 and 251. Superboy, uh, Legion, 250 to 251? Yeah. Okay. And those, those are, um, uh, I'll refresh my memory here. Those are, um, the Jim, Jim Starlin issues. And I'm going to pick, as my other book, Legion of Superheroes, New 52, 17, and 18. Oh. Those are Keith Giffen drawn issues. Nice. With Scott Koblish on inks. Let's see. Got so many uh, different series. <laughs> um, what issues did you say? Seventeen uh, and eighteen. Seventeen and eighteen. The seventh series from twenty eleven to twenty thirteen. Oh yeah. <coughs> um, Keith Giffen covers too. Yeah. Very cool. They have Keith Giffen covers. They're co-written by Keith Giffen with Paul Levitz. He does the interiors on 17, and he doesn't do yeah. 18, but yeah, well, he did co-write it, so those are, that's why I picked those two. Nice. 18 is Scott Collins and Tom Derenick, so we've got yeah. some really good art for those. Oh yeah, it's that it's a good. Uh... And those Giffen covers, man, they are awesome. Yeah, 
So I, I, I think I've done my picks. Then it's Penguin, 0 through 2, and then Firestorm, 4 and 5, and then Legion of Superheroes, 17 and 18, and you got Superboy and the Legion, 250 and 251. So you got to pick two more. You got one new, one new thing and one old thing. Um, for my other old book, I'll do uh, The Outsiders 1 through 3, the 1985. Um, uh, 1 through 3, 1985. I, I think it's Oh, Mike, so this Mike, is, uh, this is Mike uh, Barr. Yeah. This is when it went to Baxter. Yeah. And then um, my other or my new one, I'll do um, I'll do uh, Green Lantern. Um, I guess um, I think issues two and three are out there now. So I can do one through three. Yeah. Because I haven't read. Yeah. So we'll do one, one. through three. Yeah. Cool. I wanted to start that one. Yeah, um, I saw <coughs> I saw Sinestro's gonna be showing up, so I got excited. So I thought that looked pretty good. Yeah, I've heard good things. I, I've been pretty happy with Donna DC just in general. Oh yeah, it's me too. been really. It seems like everything I read, I, I'm enjoying. There's so many cool, um, like, miniseries happening as well. Yeah. Lots of uh, big, big writers. I agree. I heard Jeff Johns is leaving, though. Oh, yeah. To go to Image full-time for his ghost machine yeah. or whatever they're called. The one where he yeah. has Geiger and... Yeah, that'll that robot be uh, one. that'll be really, really weird to have a DC without Jeff Johns. Well, he's taking a bunch of DC guys with him. Jason Fabok. I mean, he's taking um, yeah. Peter Tomasi, uh, Brad Meltzer. I mean, they're, they're he's got like a lot of big DC guys that are going with him. Manipul. Yeah, and I I love like I love um, I love Peter Tomasi, but like Manipul and Jason Fabic, like you never really like those guys weren't on very much. No, like, but they Fabic they did a lot of with with he Jeff was, Johns or on Batman, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, well, well, almost all the guy, the artists that worked with Jeff Johns, right? Because uh, yeah. he's taking Gary Frank too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he, he already took Gary thing, Frank. Though, like, the guys that worked with Jeff Johns, we didn't get to see them very much, you know, because yeah. <laughs> Jeff Johns was on hogging less them than, <laughs> less and less books, and his books take so long to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll well, be interesting. All right, just as a, a wrap up, we got Penguin zero through two, Green Lantern one through three as our new books, and then the contest will be for Firestorm four and five, uh Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes two fifty and two fifty one, Legion of Superheroes seventeen and eighteen, new fifty two. <laughs> And then Outsiders 1 through 3, first series, 1985. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we can wrap this one up. Thanks for getting together. Um, and uh, we'll try again in two weeks and see what we're if we can do yeah. it or not. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> All right. You can reach Kyle at kpettit5 on X, Twitter, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, me at Mike Myers Brunch and on X and uh, also on Blue Sky. I, I moved over the same account over there. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and 
on Facebook, we are DC Noise Podcast. Click the like button, follow the episode threads there. That's also the website, DC Noise Podcast. And we'll be back in two, hopefully, if not that, three or four. But <laughs> yeah. whatever we seem to, to be able to get together again. So yeah. um, thanks for meeting, and uh, we picked some good books this time. I was pretty happy. Yeah. I was glad to yeah. get caught up in Batman. I read a lot of Batman. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think between Batman and Catwoman, I I read like twenty issues. Um, yeah, it was a uh, it was a lot for me too. It wasn't and it wasn't that many, but but it didn't seem like a lot. You know what I mean? I like I rifled through them like in yeah. one weekend. It was yeah. like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like watching a movie or something. Yeah, yeah, I just kept going. Yeah. All right. So uh, take it easy, Kyle. I hope you have a good week. Yeah, we'll talk to you in a while. Yep. See you. Bye. Bye.